and welcome to the Men Up Podcast. I'm Christian Shabu. Will Van Dyke. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, we've been doing interviews all season long, and uh, this one comes from uh, a little bit of my background, uh, Perry Bashkoff. Perry and I uh, go back 15 years now, uh, mentorship, uh, partnership in business for a lot of years, uh, friendship, uh, and uh, so many other things. And uh, we're excited to talk with him today. Thanks, Perry, for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Good to meet you. And good to see you, Will, of course. It's been too long. It sure has. Yeah, I, you know, we were talking beforehand, Perry, and I think you're doing the math on how long it's been uh, since we, uh, I, you know, got to know each other through through work and through professional lives, but then obviously uh, turning that into friendship, partnership, manage, you know, uh, mentorship. Um, and one of, a couple of things that I, I think that was important for me in asking you to to come on the show was just sort of that that layer of of mentorship to friendship to sort of uh just leadership that you you know shown over the years in in so many ways how would you describe the evolution of like leadership and mentorship in your own career it doesn't have to relate to me necessarily <laughs> but that's obviously why you know why why I sort of asked that question because I have I have thoughts and observations but I'm fascinated to hear it from you because I don't know if I've ever even asked you that question before. You know, I've been, I don't use the word often, but I, I feel I've been blessed in my personal and professional career to kind of be surrounded by both great leaders, great friends, and then the complete opposite, right? Like horrible leaders and, and people that you thought were friends. Um, and so I've, I've tried to do my best to kind of find myself in the middle, not always there. Um, but, you know, you vacillate between great and not so great. And you just try to stay as constant as possible, you know, coming up in the industry, growing up, you know, you have professional figures, you have personal figures, father figures, leaders, mentors, business managers, and you just try to find the best of what they are. Um, and you try to create your own, um, and, and that defines who you are and, and you make your own menu of, uh, of opportunities and, and a recipe. So, so hopefully that's kind of, you know, how you and I got here, right? Is, um, you know, we were brought together in business and, and hopefully I brought all the best of, of what I knew in leadership. And I know I don't, I didn't always hit it out of the park, but, it, but when you respect people, it gives you the opportunity to kind of earn that respect back on a whole different level, right? And you want to work for each other. You want to win for each other. You want to be a team, um, both professionally and personally. And, and yeah, you and I have gone through a, a ton of, uh, of, of professional highs and lows and a ton of personal highs and lows, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's helped me get to, to this point in my career and, and, and personal life as well, you know, as a father to two, two guys who are, um, you know, grown up to be men and adults and, and challenging me in all different directions. About raising the boys though, too, we look through the lens of like how male identity and men, you know, sort of evolving and those sort of things. It's got to be a different perspective now for you too. raising two young men, you know, through the ranks. I know you're one is very competitive in sports, one very, you know, seemingly successful in theater and, and those sort of things. And there's a different dynamic there that I'm sure is showing itself in this, in this current age. Do you mind talking a little bit about, you know, raising two boys? It's been a journey. There's no doubt. And, and, you know, just flipping it back a cycle, like, you know, my, my, my dad and I had a struggle growing up, I would say, 
and as I watch, as I've now become one of the older guys, um, you know, watching friends with their younger folks and they say, man, even my brother, you know, like, man, tell me it gets easier. You know, it has to get easier. And, and my response to that is it, it doesn't, it doesn't get easier. It just gets different. You know, you kind of hit different challenges as you migrate and move from one challenge to another, you kind of have to prep yourself and learn all new things. And the example I, I give is, you know, my older son, who's now 17 and, and driving on his own, you know, I remember when he, he was done with diapers and now it's like, yeah, you know, you're potty trained, but, 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 oh, now you need to know where literally every bathroom is. Right. And within about 30 seconds, and man, I, I wish I had diapers a few of those times, you know, where you had to like pull off to the side of the road. And now, you know, now it's like, Hey dude, you got these whole new responsibilities and I got to get my head around what it means for you to drive off the driveway and not really know where you're going. You can tell me where you're going and we have that good relationship, but got to be home at this curfew and i'm going to trust you to do that and then in a year actually i don't know where you're going to be you're going to be at college and you don't have to check in with me you know so so i think it, it doesn't get easier it just gets different so it's been really interesting to kind of go through that that process and that that evolution it's something that i've prioritized since the beginning you know like you said well like me running out i mean i remember <laughs> my, my older son was my older son was four weeks early I had to go to the hospital every single day, twice a day, mornings for feedings. And then there's a window um, in, the, in, the, in the afternoon that you could, you could hit for feedings. And, you know, in the city, you, you miss that bus, like you're screwed. And, um, and so running across the city, it's just something, something that I prioritized. I wanted to make sure that they remembered all the little things. When I had my first uh, child, uh, we had very similar experiences. Mine was six weeks early. Uh, I was in New York City. I remember we were down. I think we were doing a, a quarterly business review with one of our partners. And it was Sunday night. And I, I had to call you. I think I was in like a turnstile. No, I had just gotten in my car. You were in the I car. And I called you and I said, I said, hey, guess what? But I, I'm, I'm not going to be in work this week. I got to head back to Ithaca. And you understood. It was, it was one of the easier calls that I could make. And I felt so... Uh, I had zero anxiety about it because of, I think, the sort of journey that you'd already been on, knowing that story and knowing how you're going to feel about it. It was a very easy call for me. And I think typically it could be really anxious. And you were also very supportive just through the process of, of that. Um, and then I'll, I'll, I'll extract that to, one, to, 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 the, to the next point, which is maybe a week or two later when I was trying to come back to work, you called me out for some really toxic behavior from my part that I think was, was really like that light bulb clicked on. It was like, Hey man, you, you got to get yourself right. It's, it, it was a very touching moment. And I think about it often. It's like that, it's like that trigger moment in my, my brain that like, if I see myself veering one, one way or another, I, I, I sort of center myself on, on that, that just that simple call that you made, you know? So I, I, I want to acknowledge those two things because I think that those are so important and, and, and rarely does that happen. I think certainly between two men. It is rare. And that's why, you know, when I, when I said earlier, I think it's so important that supporting each other um, in this crew, right? You always hear, and I'm not, not comparing, but, you know, women supporting women, men supporting men, everyone supporting each other, whatever. It's real. I mean, you know, like you just don't know what someone's going through. You don't know what their current situation is. And you might be in that situation one day. You know, you only get one chance you know, in, in your own life and in your family's life and, and work is great, but 
you're 100% replaceable every time. You're not replaceable at home. That's going up on a poster somewhere. I don't have a family <laughs> yet, but like that, that's, that's, that's great. That's the like, live, that. live, laugh, love comment. <laughs> that's that's live, laugh, love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make millions off that, Perry. Uh, oh, I wish. So my, my, my first question, like, you know, Perry, you and I are just meeting each other, although I've, I've heard about you for years, probably over a decade, right, at this point. Um, and it's clear to me that like some of the ways that you show up are, you know, you're incredibly composed, even though you identified, like there's some anxiety with your kid going off to their senior year and then college. Right. But like, you seem like a pretty composed guy. You seem like somebody very empathetic. Um, and then also somebody that can like see the bigger picture. So going back to some of the, you know, you identified that there were, whether they were leaders, mentors in your life that you were like, Oh, this person shows up a certain way. I want to either emulate that or, or live into that, or, or maybe they show up a way that's toxic or, or not helpful. And I want to show up a different way. I'd love to know, like, what are some of the ways, whether they're values or, or ways that you have identified that like, this is how I'm going to show up um, that you, that you commit to that, that you, you know, that you very thoughtfully approach, whether it's your leadership at work or your leadership in home and the community, like what are some of those ways? Yeah. Well, I think you said something interesting that I'll, that I'll start with is, you know, a, a appearing to be composed. Um, and I think everyone puts on a good, a good face. And, and actually when, when Will and I were both working together, um, I was lucky enough to be put into this like leadership program where we, we disappeared for a few days and, and I'll never forget it. And I think I even brought it back to the team and showed them, but like we had to make these shields and the shield was essentially like, Hey, sh you know, you had to like put these graphics and icons and cutouts and words and whatnot on the, on the outside of the shield for what people you wanted people to see. And then on the inside of the shield was what you were feeling and, and who you were. And some of the responses that you got in that session were just, you know, mind boggling and some chilling and some, you know, inspiration. But, but I think, so like to your question, it's like, <clears throat> can't judge a book by its cover. Can't take everything on face value. Someone's got something going on guaranteed. So you got to go into a situation thinking about that. The other piece is just, you know, can you listen more? And people have a tendency again, you know, we've all gone through a bunch of different trainings and whatnot. And, and, and you pick these little pieces out that, like Will said, there's just these little things that pop out and you remember forever. I remember sitting in a training, it's like a sales training session. And literally the guy sat there, I, I show you not for seven minutes in silence. That was just like four seconds, right? And 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 it was the most awkward thing. I couldn't do it. Right? I couldn't and even do it. I couldn't even do the four seconds. Someone's gonna fill that space. And, and we all just sat looking around at each other. And he goes, dude, if you talk, no one else can talk. So that was a sales pitch thing, but it really resonated with me in terms of just listening to your wife or your husband or your partner or your kids or your colleagues or your, listen a little bit more. If you can listen a little bit more, you might hear one more thing that changes how you're going to respond or changes how you want to react. Um, we're so quick to jump in, right. And offer our opinion or offer our answers. It's not easy. So I think like leaders that listen and then respond or leaders that listen and process and then respond um, instead of like jumping and, and dictating, I think have, have, have been really kind of guiding principles for me. Um, and then at home, man, it's just the name of the game. Like if, if you can't listen at home and you're not trying to be an active participant by listening, 
to your kids, to your partner, like this is going to be a problem. And that's probably one of the biggest issues that, that you're experiencing. Even you don't, you don't recognize it again, not a, not a perfectionist by any means in that I try aspire to be, but, um, but that, that, that I think is something that everyone can, can do a little bit more of. Yeah. I mean, it's clear to me too, that you're somebody who's committed to the process, right? You, you brought it up several times, right? You're not always going to get it right. Or I don't always get it right. Like those kind of things. It's pretty clear. Like you're somebody who's committed to the process. I try, I try to be, um, I would say if, if my wife was still here, uh, she just left, she would probably challenge that one in, uh, in, in public <laughs> from time to time. But, um, but again, man, like you can't, you can't get everything right. Um, but yeah, I mean, there, there, there's process and procedure for a reason, but also there's, you want to push the envelope. I mean, you know, Will, Will, Will and I, our job was to push the envelope and find new space and find new things and find, you know, push, push new boundaries and new, new business models. <clears throat> so people can tell you what makes sense. It's fine. As long as you listened, right now you can say, okay, cool. I got that. Now I raise you. Right. Or now I want to pivot or change. I, it, it, very quick. We're, Perry, Perry and I, uh, I would consider pioneers of the modern remote worker environment for sure. Between between a choice that he made for himself, uh, and then me taking it to the extremes, uh, we we were early in the game. I don't know if that's you know it, it seems to it seems to have worked out successfully. When uh, COVID hit, like people were like, "Damn, man, you've been planning for this apocalypse for like ten years." You know, little did we know. Um, but you know, I, I mean, in all reality, and Will, you know this, right? Like, I, I wound up getting sick, um, and and that kind of forced me into that. And, and, and had I looking back on it, I don't know if I would have ultimately looked for that, like remote work, new lifestyle, different, had I not had that situation, managers understood it, not always, but understood it and gave that space, um, you know, for, for people to take care of themselves. And it's just, to me now, it's like, that's not even a conversation. It's a requirement that the people have to take care of themselves. I started just doing Fridays you know, and uh, Will was like, yeah, I'll, I see your Friday and I raise it a bye. He raised you. He did exactly <laughs> what you wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I have to do. And look, Put man, the chips I, on the table, yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, you know, though, the real, the real talk, though, is I remember, distinctly remember sitting there and saying, hey, man, like, um, you know that moving out of the city might prevent us from the path that we were talking about. And you looked me right in the eyes and you said, I know but this is what I have to do for my family and I'm willing to do whatever. And that even honestly, well, like that for me was like, damn, good for him. Like, you know what? Sometimes you got to chase different things at different points in your life. And at that point in your life, you're like, no, I'm prioritizing family over whatever, whatever. I don't even remember what I was hanging at the time, but it was like promotion or this or team or whatever, but it was like, Hey, it's going to be much more difficult. But look at you, like parlaying it into what it what what it made sense for you and your family, and now it's it, you know it, it works out. The so behind the scenes of that was, uh, I was like, well, I this might not mean that I lead anybody. And then fast forward ten years, and a global you know global team of twelve uh, full time, you know that 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 I I got to you know I got to lead and 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 you know transferred into a, you know, what I, what I see as a powerhouse. So I, I, I you know, it doesn't always work out.
the way that you think it works out. And sometimes it's for the better. I live with this, just everything happens for a reason. And even when you're in the middle of it and you're like, what in the hell is going on? I don't, it doesn't make sense. You will look back on it and say, ah, okay. I, I, I see what happened there, you know? And yes, we can influence it. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes you just gotta take the jump. My other question was actually for you, Will, you know, and it's, I mean, we've known each other for a long time, obviously. Um, and I have heard you when you were still living in New York, like you and I would meet up every once in a while. There was some overlap when I had just moved into New York for the first time was living in Queens. You were still here. Y'all hadn't moved yet to Ithaca. We'd go see some shows. In fact, like I remember us going to a show one time, seeing the head and the heart together. And I remember you like mentioning Perry and, and like mentioning and talking about his leadership and the way they all work together. So it's been a long time that you have mentioned Perry as somebody that you have collaborated with, who's been a mentor, who you've, you know, looked to emulate in some ways. Uh, and you've mm -hmm. for three seasons now been really adamant about you wanting to get Perry on to, mm -hmm. to be on the podcast here. So I'm wondering like, what is it about Perry's leadership or mentorship that that's just so valuable to you? I think honestly, it, it, the trust was gained, earned, rewarded right away. So there was a mutual trust that started right off the bat. And I never got the sense that Perry was misleading me, misguiding me. And, you know, I think that I could trust what he said and he was going to tell it to me straight. And I think that that was, those are extremely valuable for me when it comes to leadership. He also was challenging in the right ways, you know, knew when to push, knew when to back off, knew when to you know, do all those sort of, sort of things. So I think I felt, uh, you know, I felt seen. To a certain extent, and if and and that's that's really crucially important as well. And then to to sort of parlay, you know, business, particularly in the music industry, is an ego driven game sometimes. And there was the acknowledgement of ego with the reality of we're kind of in this together. So like let's 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 move past that ego point so that we can just have a, a conversation about the realities of life. Well, thanks, dude. We haven't really talked about, I think, a lot of the, the, I think the mentorship role that you played in some of that, because, you know, I didn't realize, and this is all, like true, truly, like when you, when, when we stopped working together, there's a, there's a, there was a, such a mutual understanding of our situations that I think we were symbiotic in, in certain ways where it was just like, you know, we knew when to engage with each other to a certain extent at, you know, towards the end. And, um, and when that, when we sort of separated, I struggled to find that sort of next mentorship role that I clearly sort of needed that level of validation to some extent, because you're very good at that as well. And that stuff, that's a, that's a, that's a void that you don't acknowledge or even see a lot of times until it's gone. And then you're like, well, shoot, where am I going to find that next? Where, what is that going to look like? Who's that going to be? You know, you don't find those kind of working relationships that, as you've said a few times here, like that do turn into, you know, mutual respect friendships. So it's like, Hey, wh whatever's going on, I got you, you know, and there's such a good sports analogies to the right team at work right? You play, you play your position on the field, but sometimes you got burned. Now you got to go over and you got to go help out on the right side, or you got to go, you know, fix whatever, but you do have your position to play. Um, uh, but being able to trust that, Hey, even if you, 
someone breaks your ankles, you got someone behind you that's going to defend that goal. Like it's, it's a good thing, but that's not always, it's not always the case. One of the themes that we were talking about was uh, for, for a lot of the episodes was sort of the urgency of now, right? The, the sort of how we're responding to the current moment and, and, and the current, you know, sort of uh, needs of, of not only men in society, but just society in general and those sort of things. But then also in the urgency of things, making sure that we're finding joy in some of these things too. And I, I we alluded to it before, but, you know, you, uh, you've been such a, uh, I would say, a proficient uh, fundraiser for the Movember movement and, and getting yourself, you know, active in uh, uh, bringing to light men's health issues and those sort of things going, you know, much of it maybe was started from your own, you know, health issues. Yeah. I mean, you're exactly right, dude. Like November, I watched a bunch of the guys, I think you included before I even got involved, like growing these funky mustaches. And I'd say, oh, I, I don't even know if I can, I don't even know if I can, to be honest, like, is it going to happen? And, and, um, and yeah, I, I, I got sick. And then what really put me over the edge, I think, was when one of my mentors, um, this guy by the name of Michael Terry, um, who was literally the first guy that I met in the industry, um, just the, 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 he's the guy who kind of ingrained this celebrate life thing into me. And he lost his battle um, with cancer and unfortunately is no longer with us. But it was like, damn, man, like from that point, yeah, I got to I got to flip this around. Like my, I'm not going in the right direction and and if i don't who's gonna no one and his wasn't even an option and he did everything that he could to try to um and so yeah so that was that was just about 10 years ago and i just went on his journey and i you know you know I me mean? well like i i go all in on something that i'm passionate about and i i got like maybe a handful of things that i get real passionate about but i went in and and so I figured out how to grow a mustache. I tried to buck the system by letting it grow out a little bit before the month and then just trimming down, you know, because it would take me a good three weeks to grow a mustache. And for the first three weeks, people would be like, what the hell are you doing, man? Um, but it was all about generating that conversation. And so I've, I've had the opportunity to get involved with the organization. I've had the, I've been invited to a few different really cool moments where I've been able to meet other people that it, you know, I just have the wildest stories and you, you, you count your blessings and say, wow, like, man, like every time you think yours is bad, like oof, someone, someone else just 10 upped you there and um, not by choice. And, and how do you just continue to support that? Um, and the other piece was just like breaking that stigma of like, we're men, we don't need doctors. Like, you know, oh, guess what? I didn't need a doctor until I think I was 34 years old. Now I can't live without it. And why wait? It also opened me up. I'm kind of an introvert um, when it comes to new dialogues. This gave me the opportunity to find a new community to kind of connect through um, similar types of things and, and hopefully influence. So yeah, we're coming up on 10 years. I will break $100,000 in fundraising this year, which will be amazing. A few years back, uh, you know, I pivoted a little bit and, and decided to start really focusing each year on a community in need, right? So two years ago, I really focused on the brown and black community and, and how men's health, you know, over, um, over affects that community specifically. How can we make sure that people are, are educated on that? And how can we make sure that we're supporting wherever needed? Um, last year was, 
was about um, you know the LGBTQ uh, community and and self-identifying men or otherwise, um, you know, and, and how do we support them? Um, because through all of that, the mental health aspect of, of physical health uh, can ultimately drive all of it, right? And here we are in Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, I was joking with my son last night, you know, how's, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Thanks for reminding me. I need to, uh, I need to really shake it up because my mental health is not great. And I think anyone who tells you that it is um, uh, probably is is kidding themselves. It's been a rough few years. Um, we're all trying to figure out what the new norm is. You know, I, I hate this phrase "return to." Um, and actually, my boss here at, at work, I, I really, I said to her, like, I really appreciate it. Just a few weeks ago, she said, "Can we stop? Can we stop calling it return to work? Return to office? Because people are different." They have different situations. Some people have children. Some people lost people. We're not returning to anything. We're actually moving in. So it's almost like that little mental um, spin that you have to do as well to get yourself into, into that good mental um, space. Is there anything that's been surprising to you, either the reaction from folks or something you've learned or experienced, like anything surprising? I use my social media more in that in those 30 days than the whole rest of the year. But but I, I try to do it um, not only just for the fundraising, but but the info share is kind of mind boggling sometimes when you see the stats, right? And you see the stats of like how many men commit suicide a day, right? And you think about how many men are diagnosed with certain types of you know prostate and testicular cancer a day, right? And then you just think like, well, damn, how many guys do I know? And then you take those numbers and you're like, oh, oh. Okay, when was the last time you guys were at the doctor? You know, I mean, like it's it's a weird conversation, and people go, uh, you know, exactly, right? You know, and look, I'll be, I'll be, look, as Mister Movember, right? I will not lie and say like my wife had to remind me to get blood work the other day because it's just like we had a ton of crap going on. My son soccer this, my son was in the theater that, and I was just like, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. She's like, No, 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 <laughs> like you're done, go, you know. And sometimes you kind of have to just let go to reins, let someone else kind of take over or, or guide you in some of those conversations. But, um, but I would say that that would probably be it every year when I just start thinking about like, what do I want my message to be? Or what's the recurring theme? You start digging into the data and year over year, it's like, there's a lot of great news around the development and the, and the thing, but it's like, it's not, it's not going away. It's not, it's not changing. The numbers continue to, to sustain, um, we're just getting better treatments that hopefully make it easier uh, or, or less or elongate life. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's the piece every year. It's just a reminder to me of like why I do it, why, it, why it's so important. Uh, in the past few years, I've had two friends whose uh, husbands have literally dropped dead out of nowhere, completely healthy people and something that just was not caught or whatever. And I've watched uh, one of them, I've watched now raise their two daughters um, with no father and about to watch this happen again with another colleague. And um, man, that is just a smack in the face. Like, like literally my worst nightmare I'm watching live out in real life. And so for me, it's like, how do you also prevent, you know, selfishly, how do you make sure you're not that guy? Talking to you here this morning, Perry has got me putting, 
you know, yearly checkup at the top of the to-do list uh, for this week? It's got to be because, you know, there's just too many stories of, oh, uh, you know, uh, if, if you had only gone a month earlier, you know, you probably would have had a better chance. It's just, it's like, it's like working out. It's like breakfast. It's like showering. It's like you just need to work it on a schedule. We're about to wrap up here. Uh, but one of the things we've been practicing this season, Perry, is because we like to consider the podcast much more of a conversation than bringing guests on, just interviewing them all the time. Uh, we like to leave space for uh, if guests have any questions for us or want to ask us anything. Knowing that you guys have known each other since you're, you know, eight or right third grade. What was that time that you guys had to had to lean on each other and they were able to give you that that support or space or leadership or maybe they just smacked you in the face and said snap out of it i don't know but you know there's if a you lot got smacking in the face. <laughs> there's a lot if you got you got that history i mean there's got to be a bunch because you guys went through high yeah. school you know you've gone through the college decision or not work you know watching you know people yeah. get married and everything like i just i'm, I'm always interested when you get long relationships like this you got you got history what, what kind of things looking back on it did you go wow like man i don't know if i would have made it through without that guy we were definitely the friends that were brothers from other mothers type like we we would fight a lot and most of that fighting was both competitive but also testing boundaries and limits and you know, we were both only children, uh, you know, and for a good chunk of our life, single mom, you know, uh, background. So we, there are parallels at every, at every space. And I think that we, uh, we went through a lot of it, you know, together because we could see, you know, similar experiences. Actually, it's very, you know, it's funny. It's like, it's like, Perry, you're like a professional version of like seeing parallels to, you know, a personal experience that I kind of went through growing up, I think maybe with Shabu a little bit. It's just like you could one way or another, we were sort of I, I could I could drop some parallels to what Shabu was going through or, you know, all that sort of thing. So we went through a lot. I mean, we, I, I mean, I, I don't know, Shabu, you remember things way better than I do. So I, I don't know if there's specific moments out there. When I think about Will, I mean, there there are, you know, hundreds of moments, right, that that stick out in my mind. Uh, the three that have been the most impactful, and I, I don't even know if you know this, Will, like, you know, I, so Will and I have known each other since third grade. I moved into the town that we grew up in, in third grade. And Will was one of the first people that was willing to be a friend, right? Like we were in the same class together. And like, he's one of the first people that was my friend, right? And there was just like a really decent dude. Uh, and that, that was really helpful like because you know at that time i felt really out of place right and so uh, that's number one and then years later we were in high school together uh and will uh was always a little bit more athletic than i was and certainly has always been taller uh so that's where a lot of my frustration with will came from those two those two things so uh but he ran cross country and uh had been a runner for a long time and like got me involved in my sophomore year and running longer distances is something that has carried through my entire teenage and adult life. And is literally a game changer, both for like mental health, physical health, way I think about myself, the way I get involved in community, right? Like all of that would not have been possible if Will didn't invite me to join the team. And then 
the third is like in our adulthood, like similarly, like we got involved in triathlons together and it was a time where, um, you know, it, it was sort of the, the moment where we, uh, reconnected as, a, as adults. Uh, and, and I think that's been really powerful him, another buddy of ours, uh, that we all ran cross country together, played in other sports together. Uh, we started doing that in our like early thirties and, and that, you know, I think sparked, um, some positive competition sparked some community with one another and, and building a relationship that, uh, has been able to withstand the test of time and, and build it on a new level it has been really powerful. For the adult version of our competition, it's non-existent. It's like <laughs> our, fr our friend Scott goes and wins everything, Shibu somewhere in the middle, and then I'm thankful to have finished. <laughs> well, look, at least you're doing it. I, I remember Will would say, oh, yeah, I just uh, got up early, ran 12 miles or something. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't even know if I've run 12 miles, like in, <laughs> in total, you know, and he's like, that's like his warm up for the triathlon. Uh, yeah, no. But even those little things, man, I think, you know, inspiration by association, I think is a real thing sometimes, even if someone doesn't call it out. Will, you and I realized this weekend, um, the other thing is you can't buy back time. So, um, and there's no amount of money or anything that can buy back time. So long overdue conversations sometimes totally. shouldn't be long overdue because yeah. you just have no idea uh, how you might be able to help or just hear something that goes, hmm, glad yeah. I heard you say that. Uh, it makes me look at something differently. So checking in. That's such a good point because the, the, the takeaway from our conversation, Perry, you and I from last week was like, yeah, let's put 15 minutes on the calendar on a regular basis. Even if it's just a text that says, hey, can't do it today, but like, hey, I hope everything's well or whatever it is. It's just a general like acknowledgement of, 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 of that. One thing that we did as a collective between Shabu and the other, you know, the other guys who, who do this podcast was, and it, we just did this what, at the top of the year, not even March, something like that. We just put a standing call that was not related to the podcast together. And we were just like, Wednesday mornings, like, okay, I'm going to be on a walk or maybe, I mean, recently it's been, I'm fixing all the ceilings in my basement apartment or whatever. And so like, it's, it's just like, let's get on the phone and just talk about life that's not related, you know, to we're just doing that sort of thing. So I think those are really crucially important and, and, and don't happen and, as often as they should probably. Yeah. You know, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm glad to hear you say that. Cause I, I remember distinctly, there's one guy, he just put, he just put time on my account. I hadn't talked to the guy in probably five years. And all of a sudden I see this block on, on the calendar. So I'm like, Oh man, like what, what, what's he pitching me now? Or like, what do I, you know, something horrible happened. He's looking for a job. No, he, he literally was just, he took his top 10 people that he hadn't talked to in a while and he just put 30 minutes on just to check in. And it was like the most refreshing thing, right? Because it's like no prep, no notes, no follow-up. It's just like, yeah, this is what we would have normally done, you know? So yeah, I think it's important for those key people that, that were your motivators to, to make sure you check in on them. Perry, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, and we appreciate you coming on the podcast here. I love these dialogues and appreciate you both. And obviously, Will, whenever you call, you know, it's, it's an always yes uh, at this point. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, let me let me know how I can continue to help. And it's been great, guys. The Men Up podcast is a Grin and Bear production. The soundtrack is courtesy of Mike McGinley Music and visual artwork by Viotti Design Studio. Video clips from each episode are edited by Joe Oliveri. 
The executive producer and editor on the Men Up podcast is me, Christian Shabu. You can listen to us every week on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts or by visiting themenup.com.